Welcome to this very special Multipure podcast. My name is Kenton Jones, and joining me today on this podcast, Michelle Priest. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Kenton. Glad to be here with you. It's uh, it's going to be a, a great podcast today, partially out of uh, serendipity, partially out of coincidence. But today, actually this month in April 2020, the spotlight for this month is Multipure's Aqualux, cutting-edge water treatment. This was coincidental for us just so happens that we're talking about this during the coronavirus outbreak and uh, the quarantine that's that's going along with it. I guess I would say the heightened awareness of people of microbiological contamination that might be out there having to do obviously with, uh, with coronavirus right now. So in a strange sort of way, world events are tying in to some of our previously programmed marketing efforts and endeavors. And today we happen to be talking about the Aqualux and uh, its ability to treat bacteria and virus in drinking water. So Michelle, I know a lot of people are, are talking about this out there, obviously about viruses. Very true. And you know, it's, it, a lot of people don't realize this, but you know, all drinking water systems and all different types of uh, technologies are not the same. So I think it's important that people understand how they're different and why some are good and why some of them are bad. And it's especially true when it comes to microbiological purification. You know, that by that I mean removal of bacteria and cysts and viruses from the water. One of the first ones I wanted to talk about was filtered pitchers, which we've all seen in the stores, and faucet mounted filters, which I know a lot of people have also seen advertisements for. Neither one of these types of technologies are effective in removing bacteria and viruses in the drinking water. They're very convenient, they're easy to use, but both rely on granulated activated carbon, GAC, as a filtration method, and these types of filters just do not do a good job on that. They do do an okay job at treating chlorine in the water, or maybe even taking out large particulates in the water, like maybe dirt or rust, but they're not good at purifying the water at the microscopic level, taking out things like bacteria and viruses. Uh, advantage, Ketan, they're really inexpensive initially to purchase, and they're very easily installed or to use. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is definitely considered an entry-level product for, for people who are just getting into water filtration or just beginning to adopt a notion of filtering their water. Getting a, a, a filtered pitcher or a faucet mount filter really seems to be the first step that a lot of people take. So, you know, it, it does have those advantages of being inexpensive and easy to install and easy to use. But it also has some disadvantages, like Michelle was saying. They're just not very robust. Pitcher filters and faucet mount filters, and that's owing a lot to their size. These tend to be very small filters, and in the filtration world, we know that you need a bigger filter to do a better job. That's kind of the, the general truth out there, but it's, it's a good place to start, but definitely not something to rely on if you're concerned about microbiological contamination. Very true. The next one's reverse osmosis. Kenton, you want to talk a little bit about RO systems and how they work and their pros and cons? Yeah, absolutely. Reverse osmosis is it tends to be another step that, that folks take when they want to get into water filtration. It has a number of advantages. Reverse osmosis employs a synthetic membrane. And, and if you were to touch it, it would feel almost like saran wrap, you know, some kind of plastic wrap or something like that. But anyway, it's a porous material and it actually filters out a, a significant number of contaminants. So it does have that advantage, and it will take out things such as uh, cysts and such as metals and some salts. It, it does have a challenge with taking out organics, with, with some organic contaminations and chemicals, but uh, it does a fairly good job of taking bacteria out of the water 
and cysts out of the water as well. But there, there are some challenges there with reverse osmosis because the water then has to go into a holding tank. And that's really kind of the, the first in a number of disadvantages of reverse osmosis. That's true. And, you know, one of the things that always hit me on the reverse osmosis system was the fact that it wastes water. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. It's going to waste anywhere from three to five gallons of water to just get one gallon of filtered water. So again, it's, it's really not environmentally friendly in that way. And then the other thing too, I know is there's a holding tank, like Kenton said, but it only holds maybe two to three gallons and it can take a couple hours to fill that tank. So if you should use a lot of water, you don't have people over or doing cooking or that type of thing, you could actually run out of water that's filtered and have to wait another couple hours to get that water again. So, you know, not the easiest technology overall. Yeah, and that's not even mentioning the complexity of the system. When you're dealing with plumbing, having a complex system with a number of connections, such as all reverse osmosis systems that I've seen, you have a greater opportunity for there to be installation errors. There's definitely going to be service concerns. You know, when you have to replace a number of filters every time, it just adds to the cost and the burden of maintaining a reverse osmosis system. So good in some ways, but a lot of drawbacks as well. So if you're looking for a, a simple, effective water filtration system, water treatment system, reverse osmosis has a number of drawbacks and there's, there's some different directions that you can go. The, the next things that we're gonna talk about here, we're actually gonna talk about three different topics. And these are actually specific technologies that are out there for microbiological treatment. And so I'm going to kind of lump them here together. I'm going to kind of throw you a, a curveball here, Michelle. But whether it's ultraviolet, whether it's boiling, or whether it's chemical treatment such as chlorination, these are three different avenues to get microbiologically safe water. But all three of them are going to have drawbacks. All three of them are, are effective, don't get me wrong. Ultraviolet systems are actually used in a lot of people's city drinking water where the water is, is subject to, um, well, to ultraviolet radiation. And that, uh, what that does is that deactivates virus and bacteria. Chlorination, I think everybody is, is pretty familiar with. That's where you, you put the chemical chlorine, much like you would use in a swimming pool into the drinking water. And the chlorine through a chemical reaction deactivates bacteria and virus. And then finally, good old fashioned boiling, which you know, dates back to, uh, to, to probably the, the first time that we figured out how to use fire and cook food. Boiling water also will neutralize bacteria and virus. So all three different ways of, of accomplishing somewhat the same thing, and that is having microbiologically safe water, but all three are going to have their, their disadvantages as well. So Kenton, when you're talking about the different technologies, chlorination, you know, most people know about chlorination, that the municipalities add it to their water, it's going to make their water terrific. The thing that they don't remember is that chlorination has some side effects. It takes time for it to kill the microorganisms in the water, and it can produce uh, carcinogenic, carcinogens in the water. The chlorine combines with other byproducts and, and that can happen. In addition to that, chlorine does nothing to treat other contaminants like taking the lead or the asbestos or particulate matter out of the water. And the other thing to remember too is the water's gotta travel miles and miles from the treatment plant into your home. So chlorination is not a really good thing for anything other than maybe treating viruses and bacteria in the water. Yeah, you know, Michelle, chlorination, probably one of the greatest advances in 
modern health. We're going on over 100 years now, chlorinating our water supply. And honestly, it's, it's been a huge revolution in, in public safety. Previous to chlorination, you know, people were, were dying of things like cholera that, that were transported through the water. So it's been a great thing, but it has, as Michelle was pointing out, has a great number of limitations. First of all, it's, it's an incredibly dangerous chemical, as we saw in the First World War. It's actually used as a weapon, chlorine gas. So it's, it's an incredibly dangerous chemical. It is very good at what it does, but it has those drawbacks that Michelle was talking about, namely creating carcinogenic byproducts. So chlorination is, is good, but should not always be relied upon. And as Michelle was also saying, as the water travels for miles and miles and miles from its from the treatment plant to your home, there's always the potential that there's going to be new contamination introduced to the system along the way. So not always something that can be relied upon to protect you microbiologically. In a similar but different vein, ultraviolet radiation and ultraviolet purification of the water is, is temporary. So what happens is when, when water is exposed to UV radiation, it does kill the bacteria that instant, but what doesn't happen is that the, the radiation doesn't stick around. It's, it dissipates right away. So if something isn't neutralized by that UV source, then it's going to continue living through the system. And so, you know, that, that can be problematic. Not to mention that home UV systems, and, and these are, I'm not going to say they're popular in the United States, but, but some people see them and, and I think that they think that, well, because this is something that's, uh, you know, has lights and plugs in, that it must be really good. But it does have some disadvantages, Michelle, that other than, other than it doesn't have that residual. But, you know, maybe you can speak to some of the other disadvantages it, one of the things with ultraviolet light systems is that the water has to be particulate free. So the light has to actually hit the bacteria or the virus in the water for a certain amount of time for it to work. So if the water has any particulate matter in the water, any dirt or rust or anything else, they can hide behind that. So again, it's not doing the job it needs to do. So again, like Kendall was saying, since it's only good for a, a short point in time, if that water goes through and it wasn't gotten the light that it needed, it's just going to multiply again later on farther down the line. So it's not really an effective point of view system. Yeah, and not to mention that if you're in an emergency and you're concerned about microbiologically unsafe water, you might not have power. You might not have electricity that's going to be required to make your UV system work. So, you know, there's, it's decent, but it does have the potential of having some major pitfalls. And that brings us to boiling, the kind of the third point of the spear that I was talking about in terms of, of, of traditional microbiological treatment options. Boiling the water is certainly effective. I think the recommendation from the Red Cross is you bring water to a rolling boil for a full minute. That's great and it will definitely kill bacteria and it will definitely neutralize virus in the water. But, but what's the cost of that? Again, like UV, one of the disadvantages of this is you need a power source. You need something to create the heat to boil the water. You know, most people are going to do it on their stovetop. So if, you're, if you've got a disruption in natural gas or you've got a disruption in your power supply, well, then you're stuck with, uh, I don't know, with a campfire, I guess, and trying to boil a pot of water on a fire. So that can be difficult and it's going to be time consuming as well. But those aren't the only disadvantages out there, right, Michelle? True. And you could, you could, how much water can you really boil, too? I mean, yeah. I mean, you could have five little pots going, I guess, if you wanted to, but it's really not an easy way to use it. And then you've got to wait for the water to cool down so you can use it. It's just, it's really not a user-friendly method of, of filtering your water and getting the, the microbiological contaminants out. 
But we do have a good off a choice of things that people can do. We have a good product here at Multipure, great product here at Multipure, that it does an amazing job with the water, and it does not have all these many disadvantages. It's the Aqualux system. And, you know, it's a new system for us. It's only been around for a few years, but it's just an amazing system that is so terrific that we just can't wait to talk about it even more. So, Ken, you want to tell everybody a little bit about the Aqualux and its many benefits? Yeah, so the Aqualux is a bit of an anomaly in the water treatment society, in the water treatment world, mostly because of the things that we've already talked about. Number one, a lot of people can't believe that a water filter would actually be able to treat microbiological contaminants like the, the faucet mount filters and the pitcher filters that we talked about. Number two, to actually achieve these things, it doesn't require chemicals like chlorine. It doesn't require perfectly clear water like ultraviolet, and it doesn't require power like boiling. So no chemicals, no power, and no wastewater like reverse osmosis. So all of these drawbacks that we've seen in these other technologies, these other available methods of making the water safe, none of those drawbacks are present with the Aqualux. The Aqualux, every drop of water that goes into the Aqualux comes out purified. And nothing is added harmful that's harmful to the water. And it's very simple to use. It doesn't require any power source. So the Aqualux is, is an incredible piece of technology that's out there. And it is built around a proprietary technology that Multipure has that we call Pure Block Technology. And this Pure Block Technology is integrated with our decades-long association and innovation with carbon block filters. And the combination of the Pure Block Technology and carbon block filters makes a system that is fast, it doesn't require processing time, it doesn't require a reservoir, it can treat other chemicals and, and other contaminants that might be in the water, whether it's pesticides and herbicides, pharmaceuticals, perfluorinated chemicals, heavy metals, even arsenic. And it does all of this without removing some of the beneficial constituents in the water, things like minerals, calcium, magnesium, potassium, things that uh, I think we can all generally agree are important to have in the water, not only from a health standpoint, but also improve the taste of the water. So you know, for all of these reasons, it doesn't have the disadvantages of competing technologies, yet it has the advantages of all of these other technologies that are out there. So it's, it's really kind of in that sweet spot in the water filtration and water treatment industry to provide you and your customers with the absolute best possible water out there at the lowest possible cost, with the lowest possible barriers to entry in terms of in terms of ease of use and plumbing complexity and power requirements and chemical requirements. So it's it's just a, a really incredible thing. So much so, Michelle, that we have all the certification to back it up, all the NSF certification to back it up. Isn't that right? We do. And I was going to point that out. You know, earlier when you were speaking, you called it a purifier. And I think that's an important point. The Aqualux is NSF certified under standard P231. It's a microbiological purifier. And I think that's a huge thing to note because NSF certified that it can take out the bacteria and the viruses. So I think the bacteria rating is that it removes 99.9999% of bacteria and 99.99% of viruses and 99.9% of live cysts. So it has this really exceptional certification. So it's certified and it's easy to use. It's just overall, just the cutting edge water treatment system. It's the most effective system, most efficient, most convenient. But I think the biggest thing is that it has that NSF certification. And I think that carries a lot of weight in today's world. 
Yeah, and it continues to lead the way, Michelle. New certifications, even beyond uh, what we got with P231, it's the Aqualux was the first to be certified under standard 53 for the removal and reduction of perfluorinated chemicals, PFOA and PFAS, also certified for the reduction of microcystins, which are cyanotoxins. So it just gets better and better. Even since we've released it just a couple of short years ago, it's gotten even better as it's evolved and as the company has evolved. So, you know, I, I listen, we could talk all day about all the great things about the Aqualux, but the bottom line is, that of all the options that are out there, the things that we've talked about in this podcast, whether it's it's simple entry-level filtration systems, faucet mount filters and pitcher filters, more advanced uh, filtration technologies like reverse osmosis, or other purification technologies like boiling the water, like chlorination, like ultraviolet radiation, all of these things, the Aqualux takes the best of those and it leaves uh, all of those characteristics behind. And what you're left with is a truly extraordinary piece of technology. Simple, it's elegant, it's user-friendly, and it's incredibly affordable. So all of these things together, uh, protecting you from bacteria and virus that might be out there. And you know what? I, I don't want to close this without mentioning kind of one of the things that we started out with here, Michelle, and that is the current crisis, and that is the, uh, the coronavirus quarantine uh, and the outbreak that we're dealing with right now. Just a quick comment on that. The coronavirus itself, as far as we know, is not present in our water. It's not present in our drinking water. It doesn't appear to exist naturally in the real world out in water supplies. So it is not a concern in our drinking water. However, if it were, we are confident that the Aqualux would be able to take it out of the water based if nothing more on its actual physical size. The physical size of the virus is much larger than the viruses that, uh, that we use to test or that NSF uses to test uh, the Aqualux. So just one more reason to be confident with the Aqualux in these troubling times that we're in. An added layer of protection, although you probably don't need it for this specific concern that we're in, but it feels good to know that, that you're protected, that I'm protected, that we're all protected with the use of the Aqualux. Very true, Kent, and I wouldn't have, you said it beautifully. And again, you know, if you ever want more information, go to our website. We've got so much good data on there, certification information, warranty information, and, and more importantly, photos of the units, and you can see how easy it is to use and how beautiful it is to look at. That it is. So uh, I think we've said it all here, Michelle. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast. We want to thank you for, uh, for spending part of your day with us to talk about uh, the Aqualux and the truly innovative bit of technology that it is. It is absolutely cutting edge water treatment. So we invite you to talk about Multipeer with the folks that are around you. And uh, for Michelle and myself, we want to thank you for listening and uh, remind you to go out there and taste the difference with Multipeer. Thank you.